Blog Talk Radio. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the Fantasy Football Mastermind Ed. The definitive fantasy football information show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Mazurak, has more than two decades of fantasy football experience, comprehensive fantasy football information, strategy, and trading advice, fantasy picks to click and flick, the latest NFL news, and much, much more. Each week during the fantasy football season on Blog Talk Radio. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge, Michael Nazarak. Welcome to the show, everybody. It is October 15th. Yes, this is week seven of the 2019 NFL season. My name is Michael Nazarak, and I am host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. And with me once again, my very good close friend, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Very well, very well, sir. It's good to talk about some football. It'll be a nice break from all the other garbage going on in the world today, right? Football is the one concept yeah. we can always agree on. Yes, yes it is. We've got lots to talk about and lots of good fantasy news and information and strategies and all that stuff, so let's get right to it. First of all, I want to make sure that everyone is aware that we've got another bye week in the NFL this week. So last week it was Buffalo, Chicago, Indianapolis, Oakland. Well, this week it is Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Carolina, and Tampa Bay. Yes, anytime the two teams go over there to London and play, they get the next week off. Uh, it's kind of a reward for paying their penance to playing over in London. I don't know if we're ever going to get a team over there, but, you know, uh, it is what it is. And uh, I was up at uh, 4.30 in the morning here in Las Vegas to to post the inactives for this game. And thank you, NFL, for ruining my Sunday morning. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm not uh, party of bitter. Party one, one party of bitter, yeah, whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay. Let's get right to the news. It's kind of a thin uh, news week here. Uh, we're talking about the Titans quarterback. I don't know why, but, you know, we're not sure whether it's going to be Mariota or Ryan Tannehill. Uh, but they said that their decision was going to be made by Monday night. Well, here it is Tuesday night. I haven't heard anything. They're still mulling it over. Uh, Chris, what's your opinion on this, whether it should be Tannehill or Mariota? And if it goes to Tannehill, what does that mean for the fantasy outputs of the rest of the fantasy key uh, skill players there? Well, I, I think it should be Tannehill, and for no other reason, they've got to see if they've got anything, any traction there at all with him. They made a trade for him. He's been the backup. They know what they've got in Mariota. It's been, what, four years now? They, it's just not getting any better, so they know what they have. The question is, is Tannehill any better? Honestly, I think the answer is no, but the Titans owe it to themselves to find out. Now, as far as what does it mean for fantasy production, I mean, let's be real here. The Titans' passing game is not really that that uh, exciting and, you know, yeah, Delaney Walker is kind of interesting as far as tight ends go, but he's, even he's disappeared. It, the passing game is irrelevant, and the impact of the quarterback is going to be irrelevant on the only true fantasy star on this team, that freaking behemoth superhuman they have in the backfield, Derrick Henry. So, honestly, I don't give a rip about it because I don't think it makes a darn bit of difference for fantasy. The passing game is still going to suck. Derrick Henry is still going to be awesome. But the team should find out if that's something they can at least get them through till the guy they draft is going to be their next quarterback. Yeah, and I think there's pretty much no doubt now that uh, Marcus Mariota is probably not going to be on this roster come week one of 2020. 
Uh, I'm agreeing with you. I don't think Ryan Tannehill's the answer there, too. And my big Bama boy, Roderick Henry, deserves a little bit better, although he's going to get his points when he can. But this is the limitation you have. When the team is, is struggles, uh, can't, get, can't get going, can't get anything going in the passing game, they stack the box. He gets 30 yards, no catches, or one catch, you know, no score, and you're stuck with three or four points. Uh, you know, that's what Derrick Henry is on the bad games. Uh, but you take the good, the, the bad with the good because he will have some good games uh, moving forward. But I, th- I agree with you there. I think they should give Ryan Tannehill a shot at least and see what they've got and who he likes to throw to. Anyway, okay, there was a rumor late last week, and I just brought this up because my favorite player, who used to be on my favorite team, my, the New York Giants, OBJ, Odell Beckham, Somebody said something about, oh, there's going to trade. They're going to trade him. And uh, the GM there in in, uh, Cleveland said, no, that's not happening. I don't know where this came from or whatnot, but uh, I don't know, Chris. uh, They're they're, they're having issues there. Baker Mayfield is just struggling. He can't seem to connect with any of the receivers there. Maybe even he he does a little bit better job of connecting with Jarvis Landry than OBJ, and yet they they did this trade. And my Giants now are thinking, golly, maybe – Maybe it wasn't such a bad thing to get rid of OBJ because he doesn't seem to be clicking over there in Cleveland either. But he's he's obviously a talent. He's still having you know fairly good games and all, but he's not just having a huge game here or there. He had the one big you know long score against the Jets, uh, kind of to, to foreclosure. But he hasn't really done much. Do you think that the Cleveland should actually even consider trading OBJ or or concentrate on working and fixing the problem? Well. Not only should they not, I can almost guarantee you that they're absolutely not even thinking about it. They gave up too much for him. They wouldn't get that back, number one. Number two, he is still, without a doubt, at worst, one of the best three or four receivers in the league. If you watch any of the Cleveland games, the problem here is clearly not OBJ. I mean, Baker Mayfield has regressed. He's, he's been very limited. He's not going through his progressions. There's a whole bunch of problems here in this passing game, and absolutely none of them have to do with OBJ. It's just a matter of time. And, you know, the guy's still on pace for over 1,000 yards, and, yeah, he hasn't scored touchdowns, and he's a little bit low on the, on the, on the catches, but his targets are, are right up there. It's going to happen, and this is going to be a great chance to buy low on him, maybe even after the next few weeks because they've got some really tough pass defenses come up in the next three games. But after, like, week 10 or so, like through the crunch time of your fantasy playoffs, he's got a great schedule. Eventually these are going to click, you know, things are going to click between the rest of that offense and him. OBJ is great, and he's great for the team. He's a good go-by-low. Go get him. Be patient. And, and just, you know, if you're a Browns fan, just be, be patient. This, this offense has got too much talent to not start producing soon. Yeah, I, uh, I have to agree with you there. Uh, last week uh, in the acquiring and uh, trading targets, uh, I, I list out nine guys at quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end in order to either uh, uh, target and buy low or sell high. And, yeah, on my buy low list definitely was OBJ. He might not be working right now and all, but, you know, I, I think that they're going to get on the same page. And even if Baker Mayfield's inconsistent, uh, he's got some really good matchups later in the season. And, and against the bad teams, he can produce. He struggles against the good teams, and for some reason he doesn't want to stay in the pocket. He kind of wants to run out of the pocket. That's where thing goes goes downhill. But, uh, you know, I'm sure that they're going to be working with that, uh, you know, with him on that. And, you know, we'll see how things go on uh, the rest of the year. Anyway, uh, one other note, real quick uh, note. We were kind of surprised to see Ben Watson cut by the Patriots last week. Well, Matt Lacoste, one of the tight ends there, uh, suffered an injury, and he's going to be out for at least a couple weeks. So he's back on the team now. So with Josh Gordon nursing a knee injury and uh, Philip Dorsett still nursing a leg injury, I think it's a hamstring or or whatnot, uh, 
What do you think Ben Watson brings to the New England Patriots? Can he uh, be a fantasy uh, force or something, you know, for fantasy at the tight end position for New England, Chris? Honestly, no, I don't think so. I think they've clearly demonstrated they don't need the tight end, as has always been the staple in their offense. You know, they've got James White. They've got even, you know, Rex Burkhead to a lesser extent. They're going to get, you know, some of these guys back. They're going to get their first-round pick in, in very soon. He's, he's been practicing with uh, uh, Nikhil Harry or Henry, whatever his name is. I yep. forget his name. But, you no, know, this, yeah, this guy is Harry. someone they thought could actually take over for Josh Gordon anyway. So I, I'm not really concerned about him from a fantasy perspective. Um, yeah, it's a nice thought uh, if you want to take a chance because you're really desperate. Honestly, I'd go pick up Luke Wilson out in, in uh, Seattle to replace the injured Will Disley in that offense that features the tight end a little more before I would pick up a Ben Watson. Okay. Another name I think at tight end, Darren Fells, is to start making noise there in Houston. So this is how uh, the dearth of talent there is at tight end. I mean, once you get beyond the top six or seven, and Disley was in that group, at, you know, in the top eight, now he's gone. Uh, we've yet to confirm that it's actually a torn Achilles, but, you know, it's all, it's all basically what gone. It's, you know, he just went down in a heap. I think he's gone for the season. And, you know, they're getting, like you said, Luke Wilson's the guy there. Anyway, uh, one last note before we get to the uh, injuries. Um, a deep, big defensive trade. Uh, the cornerback in, uh, in the Rams, kind of up and down. Marcus, uh, uh, P- Marcus Peters struggling uh, recently in, in a lot of instances. I'm not sure if he's just a good fit for that system. Well, the Rams traded him to the Ravens. The Ravens need help at cornerback really bad. Their defense on the back end is not very good. And, uh, and then just, they followed that up. The Rams by acquiring Jalen Ramsey from uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I guess we'll find out if that back injury really is a, a true injury or not this coming week. But uh, what do you think this does for the defenses for both sides, uh, uh, Chris? you think it's a good trade in terms of uh, matching maybe the right player with the right uh, scheme and, and the right player with the right team? I don't know. What, what do you think? Uh, I'm not so much sure about the scheme because I'm honestly not that familiar with the details of, of each of these team schemes, but they're both very talented. Jalen Ramsey um, has been playing better in recent years uh, with Peter struggling this year. Ramsey is motivated, and that is a big thing for a guy like Ramsey. So I think that in and of itself, as opposed to Peters, who's been getting kind of dumped on in the press, is going to be a huge uh, upgrade just in, in the emotion with which he plays. Uh, as far as Peters going to the Ravens, he, again, helps that team very much. It was a pretty good defense that hasn't been playing like it. So I think that's a, a boon for the Ravens. It's a boon for the Rams. Uh, you know, the trade was made early in the day. Why would they trade Marcus Peters when they just lost to Keeb Tlaib? They're so decimated. And then, like, an hour and a half later, oh, that's why they got Jalen Ramsey. So it, it's kind of a, one of those win-win situations for everyone except for the Jaguars, who are basically giving up on the season. Yep. Uh, well, they do get uh, a couple of picks, uh, first-round pick uh, next year and then a first-round in 2021 20, uh, and a fourth-round pick that year, too. And, of course, if it's the Rams and they're, they're, they're thinking that it's going to be a late first-round pick because they're a good team, but we'll see. They're struggling. They've lost a, a few games in a row, and, you know, they got a big game with Atlanta, a team that they should beat easily because of Atlanta's porous defense. But, you know, uh, it's going to be down in Atlanta, and I think it's going to be a shootout this week. Anyway, let's get right to the injury news uh, of notes, uh, the list of players here. Uh, Drew Brees with that thumb. Uh, you know, he's still uh, throwing uh, footballs, uh, not not quite regulation size. But, you know, he hopes maybe he can come back in, in a week or two. Uh, I don't think it's going to be this week, but we'll see. Uh, Mitchell Dubinsky with the left shoulder, you know, sat during the bye. Uh, you know, he practiced on Monday. We'll see uh, if he can get a full practice in later this week. 
week and see if he can play. Otherwise, it's going to be Chase Daniel again. Um, Saquon Barkley uh, with the Giants uh, practiced on Monday. They were coming off that Thursday night game, so they had a limited practice on, on Monday. It wasn't a full practice. Anyway, he was out there along with Wayne Gallman in the concussion syndrome, uh, and then also uh, uh, Evan Ingram uh, with the knee, as well as Sterling Shepard in concussion. And I think that they they think that there's a good chance that all, that three of those four, maybe not Sterling Shepard, but three of the four may be able to play this week. We'll see later this week and see what happens there. Todd Gurley sat out uh, this past uh, weekend's game. Bummer. Uh, they could have used him. Uh, they really struggled against the 49ers defense. Very good defense there. Uh, he's got a quad injury. He may play. We'll see if he practices later this week. Devin Singletary uh, coming off the bye with a hamstring. The Bills hope to have him back. We'll see if he practices. Uh, Rex Burkhead with the foot. Uh, we'll see if he practices later this week. Uh, Brandon Bolden has been surprising, uh, filling in for Burkhead and, in fact, stealing goal carries and scores away from Sonny Michelle. Uh, we'll, we'll see there. If, uh, if Burkhead doesn't practice this week and, and Bolden plays uh, people in larger leagues, you might want to grab him, uh, you know, especially if you're in a basic scoring league. Looks like he's getting the call at the goal line there. Rashard Penny uh, had the hamstring again crop up. He didn't play this past week. We'll see if he practices later this week and plays. Uh, moving on over to the wide receivers, Devontae Adams with the toe, didn't play on Monday night. Uh, you know, it's just a waiting game there to see how it feels. Mark Cooper with a quad. It's not a serious injury, but it's very, very painful. We'll see if he'll be able to practice later this week and play in a big Sunday night game against the Eagles. A.J. Green with that ankle. He got limited, very limited practice in late last week. We'll see if he increases that workload and see if he can get back on the field either this week or next week. We'll see. Mark, Marquise Brown, surprisingly, after coming back in the game previous week of an ankle injury, uh, couldn't practice at all last, last week and did not play. He's listed as day-to-day, and we'll see what he does later this week. Um, Sammy Watkins with a hamstring, limited again on Tuesday. That's not good. Uh, if he doesn't at least get a full practice in on Wednesday, I don't think he's going to play Thursday night against the Broncos. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, speaking of that game with a knee, uh, it apparently it wasn't a serious knee injury, although for fantasy owners, one catch for no yards is a serious problem. <laughs> anyway, he practiced fully on Tuesday after getting only a limited practice uh, on the sheet there because they didn't practice actually on Monday. So that's trending in the right decision, in the, in the right way. We'll see. Uh, but he's still a very risky fantasy play there. Deshaun Jackson with the abdomen in Philadelphia. We'll see if he's going to practice later this week. It keeps saying – we hope to have him back this week, and then he doesn't come back and play. This kid had not played since week one. This is week seven. Okay. Christian uh, Kirk uh, with an ankle uh, for Arizona. We'll see if he practices and, and, and such, but he's uncertain to play. And Kenny Sills with that hamstring. Will, Full owners, uh, Will uh, Fuller owners are, are hoping that Kenny still sits again. Well, we'll see later this week and, and see what happens there. And uh, like I said, Will Disley with Achilles, we'll find out very soon, probably tomorrow, uh, if he's gone for the year or not. Anyway, we'll be right back after this important message. You know you want to dominate your fantasy football league. Manage your teams with the assistance of the premier fantasy football information source, Fantasy Football Mastermind. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com, there's plenty of good free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. President and CEO Michael Nazarek has 20 years' experience and just completed his fourth consecutive year as SI's Expert League Super Bowl champ. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy content, updated daily, which will give you the edge you need to legitimately claim. Redrafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP, they cover them all with the best content available anywhere. 
Go now to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, please check out our website, ffmastermind.com. Lots of good stuff there, including our NFL free quick bets page, which we've been bidding uh, news items from the NFL for 24 years. Anyway, our, we're, all, of course, releasing free Eye in the Sky scouting reports, including the ones uh, covering the Colts from Chris Rito each uh, week. And we're doing our weekly fantasy newsletters for our premium subscribers, including daily premium injury quick bits, all the injury and information that you need there, including all the inactives and such. And, of course, anything that uh, news that breaks there that has anything to do with injuries. We're expanded picks to click and flick, the market feature on Tuesday. I think I ranked like 60 players across all the positions tonight. Uh, NFL game matchup analysis from uh, John Cooney as well as my uh, mastermind moments. The inside slant from John Holler, a holler from the cheap seats. Uh, uh, he talks about the bye week situation, so you're going to want to know, check out which players and such are going to be out on the buys and what that means in fantasy terms there. Lots of good stuff in the newsletter. Um, we're getting ready to have our uh, midseason sale, but that's going to happen next week. This week is the last week that you can still buy a prorated rate of 19.95 for the rest of the season. And please follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. Let's get to the picks to click and flick for week seven. Give me a couple of quarterbacks you like and why, Chris. Well, I definitely like Jared Goff this week. I mean, he's coming off a total dud of a game, I know, but the Atlanta defense will make anyone healthy in a heartbeat. And with the uncertainty in the backfield and the susceptibility of the Falcons secondary, I'm pretty sure the game plan is going to be aerial and successful this week. And I went back and looked historically. Every year of his career, he has one game against an NFC South opponent on his schedule. And his first two years, it was his high yardage game of the year, was that one game. And last year, he had 391 yards, and it was his second high game of the year. So he really likes these NFC South games for opponents for some reason. So I like Jared Goff for a lot of reasons. And then I like Josh Allen this week. I mean, no one hemorrhages fantasy points like the Dolphins to quarterbacks, and they have been hellishly brutalized by running quarterbacks so far. You know, Allen's legs have helped him hit 21 to 24 points in four of his five weeks, despite this low-volume passing attack for Buffalo. So he can be trusted as a high-floor guy also. Uh, Buffalo's coming off a bye. They're at home. They should have their way with a hapless Miami defense that is also banged up in the back seven as well. Okay. A couple quarterbacks I like this week, and uh, this might be a guy that you probably wouldn't normally start, but Daniel Jones, a rookie for the Giants. I think he's going to produce very nicely against the, that Cardinal defense who is not uh, who has not been throwing touchdowns against that team. So we'll see what happens there. If you need Daniel Jones, don't uh, hesitate to start him. And Jimmy Garoppolo uh, gets to play the Washington Redskins. Yeah, the new-look Redskins. They got the first win last week, barely. Uh, because they stopped the two-point conversion at the end. The Dolphins actually almost won that game. So uh, go Jimmy. I know they're going to run a lot, but they got Kittle and Dante Pettis is playing better. So I think Jimmy's going to throw a couple of touchdowns this week there. A couple of guys I'm not crazy about this week. Sam Darnold, I'm impressed by his game last week, but this is the Patriots. I think they're going to limit him. He's probably going to throw a touchdown, but I don't know, probably maybe a couple of picks too. So be careful there. And Teddy Bridgewater, uh, not against the Bears on the road. Yep, the Bears are rested and ready to go. They're coming back from uh, London where they gave up a game-winning drive to Derek Carr, of all people. Uh, they're going, not going to want that to happen again, not in their home uh, coming off a of bye week. So they're going to limit uh, Bridgewater and the Saints there. It could be a very low-scoring game there. Don't uh, like Bridgewater at all. So how about a couple of quarterbacks here you're not crazy about and why, Chris? <laughs> Miami didn't go for two. They went for Tua, by the way. They were trying to line up for the first over. Oh. <laughs> so, 
So uh, a couple guys I don't like. I don't like Carson Wentz this week. I mean, Dallas has limited most of the fantasy quarterbacks they've seen, and it's not only because they've got a terrible run defense. Um, Their secondary is actually pretty good, and they've allowed only one quarterback to top 20 points this year, and that was a little bit of a fluke due to a 92-yard touchdown last week when both of their starting cornerbacks were off the field with a little bit of a ding. So I look for a good dose of the Philly running back by committee and a low-volume day for Philly in the air. And then I know this sounds almost sacrilegious, but, you know, the all-world Patrick Mahomes, I'm a little worried about him this week. He's looked very human his last three games, very limited in his mobility. He's got to play on a short week, so that's going to really not let him get loose and get healthy. And this week he faces a far better pass rush than he has seen in that string when he faces that rejuvenated Broncos defense. They got 12 sacks and five picks the last three games. And even when they're not getting pressure, they still limited every quarterback so far to a high of 18 points and only four passing touchdowns. He's still a start, but you've got to temper your expectations. You know, Mahomes is averaging a very pedestrian 22 points per game over the last three, and Denver held him to his only one, his only one touchdown game last year in their match in Denver. So a lot of reasons to really be worried about the, the guy who was probably the first overall quarterback off the board. It is pretty amazing to see what Denver's done uh, defensively the first three weeks. No sacks, no turnovers, no nothing. Big fat zero for fantasy, and now they're like a well, top five uh, <laughs> defense. Uh, you know, coming off all those games, so it's it's it's. It's very impressive. They turned it around. Remember, this is a team that they were thinking about selling everybody, getting on the trading block, and they've won the last two games. Uh, they lost uh, two games there on the last second field goal. So, I mean, they're very close to actually being a winning team. It's going to be mm-hmm. interesting to see what happens this uh, Thursday night. Anyway, how about a couple of running backs you like and why? I like two guys that used to be teammates in a backfield tandem. Let's start with Devonta Freeman. Um, the Rams have been uh, you know, fairly generous to opposing running backs, allowing over 20 points per game the last three weeks. And Freeman has been a PPR darling with 16 catches the last three games and three receiving touchdowns. So you've got to ride him while he's healthy. He's a key cog in a high-octane offense that's going to have to try and keep up with the Rams in this one. And then uh, his old partner, Tevin Coleman, now in San Francisco, the uh, Redskins have been looking worse each week against the runs, uh, so much so that their terrible secondary is not getting picked on quite as much. I suspect there's going to be a lot of kill-the-clock action in this one for, for the 49ers, and Coleman's been getting a higher share each week since returning from injury. He's a clear goal linebacker, a solid pass catcher, and Washington's allowed the second-most running back reception so far, so I expect a high-volume day against the fourth-worst run defense. Okay, a couple of running backs I like this week. Uh, Leonard Fournette, Jacksonville, uh, they're playing the Bengals. What more do you need there? He's getting almost all the carries. He's going to get all the touches. He's going to get at the stores. It's a good day to be Leonard Fournette. Uh, and a surprise here, Frank Gore. This really is based more on Devin Singletary, if he plays or not. Even if he does play, I doubt that, that they're going to turn away from Gore because he's been very solid, and they're playing the Dolphins. So I think Frank's going to probably run up there 70 yards, 200 yards, and maybe a score there at the goal if they get around the goal line. So we'll see there, but I wouldn't have any problems starting him if I have to. A uh, couple of guys to be wary about, Alvin Kamara. Now, uh, you know, I, I, I put him on this list because I knew he was going to be coming into this game. Uh, he did play last week, and now the reports are saying that he's got more of a high ankle issue, and he's totally uncertain to play this week. Well, we'll see. Guess what? They're playing the Bears defense in Chicago. Not only temper your expectations, I'm not even sure if Alvin Kamara is going to start or play in this game. We'll see, but I'd be very careful about that. And David Montgomery in the same game, the Saints, boy, they've limited Fournette and the Jacksonville Jaguars to two field goals last week. So David Montgomery's a a sit candidate, too, if you uh, can't afford to sit him, that is. If you start them, don't expect too much. Anyway, how about a couple of running backs that you're not crazy about and why, Chris? Hey, one more thing about Gore. Remember, he's a Miami native, so he might be fired up to play those Dolphins. 
Uh, oh, yeah. A couple of guys I don't like. I'll start with Melvin Gordon. I've not been impressed with his workload share so far and his lack of success, uh, despite two weak run defenses in his two games in his return. So that alone makes him have a reduced value. Uh, then you got a fairly stingy opponent in Tennessee on the road here. Now you look at the injuries and poor play in the O-line, they've reduced his potential further, and the return of Hunter Henry minimizes some of his role in the safety valve or short passing game. Not a day I expect Gordon to have his first breakout this year in what I expect to be a low-scoring affair. And then for one of the many times in the last month or so, I've got Le'Veon Bell on my flick list. Uh, he's getting a bunch of touches, and he loves the limelight on Monday night, so you think Monday night football would be great for him. They have been unable to do anything to get him free, and he has yet to top 68 yards on the ground. Now he's facing a Patriots team that held him to 18 carries for 35 yards just a few weeks ago, and it hasn't allowed a running back touchdown yet, and the league loads six fantasy points per game to running backs. They're going to focus on taking out the one weapon the Jets have, like Belichick always does. So look for another high-volume, low-success game for Le'Veon Bell. Okay, how about a couple of wide receivers you like and why? Love me some Johnny Brown this week. I mean, how can you not like this matchup? Miami allows a ton of big plays deep. They've allowed the sixth most wide receiver points despite the second fewest targets to wide receivers. So I look for the main target and the deep threat in Buffalo. This should be a great spot for him in any scoring format. Buffalo's at home, coming off a bye against this terrible Miami team that's going to be without some folks in the secondary, like I mentioned earlier. I looked at earlier this year, three number one receiver deep threats have scored multiple touchdowns in a game already this year against Miami. Great opportunity play here. And I love T.Y. Hilton. I mean, he's shown signs of being healthy uh, uh, finally after playing hurt in week five and missing week four. He's had two weeks to rest the hamstring. He's practicing in full, licking his chops for a Houston secondary that has been very beatable, especially by speed guys. And then, of course, he has a very well-known history of having monster games against Houston. He's topped 115 yards in the air four of his last six games in the series. This game should be a shootout. Hilton is the best fantasy option in the air by far for the Colts. Okay. Uh, well, uh, let's see. Actually, I've got four names to talk about in terms of guys I like for wide receivers, but three of them are on the same team. All I've got to say is Cup, Woods, Cook. Yeah. Rams, wide receivers against the Falcons. You know what to do there. And Michael Gallup for Dallas. I think he's going to score against a terrible Eagles secondary that uh, got beat, eaten up by Stephon Diggs in Minnesota last week. So uh, even, even if Amari Cooper doesn't play, I think that uh, Gallup's going to get his this week. So start him if you got him. A couple of guys I'm worried about this week, Robbie Anderson. He had a 92-yard touchdown pass. Well, Mr. Gilmore's not going to allow that uh, for the Patriots on Monday night, so be careful there. And Terry McLaurin in Washington. Not against the 49ers, a team that, uh, <laughs> wow, not even 100 yards by golf. And uh, I think they're on pace for like an all-time record of uh, low passing yards allowed uh, by a team in the NFL. That's the 49ers, so be careful with Terry McLaurin. This could be a very ugly game there for the Washington Redskins. How about a couple wide receivers you're not crazy about and why, Chris? I'll start with one of my favorite guys, Allen Robinson. He's produced this year despite very inconsistent quarterback play most weeks. The one game he was shut, he was subpar, he was shut down, was the one game he faced a top corner in coverage. Now he's got Marshawn Lattimore this week, who has just wiped out uh, uh, Mike Evans, DJ Chark, and Amari Cooper the last three weeks. And it's reasonable to expect a low opportunity day for A-Rob uh, in this matchup. And then uh, I'm, I know he's been kind of an every-week starter now, but DJ Chark, I'm kind of worried about him. Uh, he looks like a deceivingly good play here. But if you look closer at the stats, the Bengals have been allowing a fair amount of passing points, but actually are fourth best at limiting fantasy production by the wide receiver. And if you look more closely at that, the damage has been done by secondary receivers, secondary targets like the slot guy or not the top receiver. So with the Bengals being rated 
last against the run. I suspect also it's going to be a lot of Fournette, like you mentioned earlier, and very little passing opportunities anyway. Okay, how about a couple of tight ends you like and why? Uh, I'm going to assume he's healthy this year. I'm going to start with Evan Ingram, or this week, I should say. He's practicing this week and expected to give it a go. Obviously, the Cardinals have been historically bad so far against the tight end. But this week, they also get Patrick Peterson back as a shutdown option uh, on one of the outside guys, either Shepard or more than likely Tate if he's not lined up in the slot. So assuming he plays, this should be a great chance for a TD as well as a high-volume PPR day. Also worth pointing out, you know, you mentioned Daniel Jones earlier. Peterson's coming back, so this defense will be better than they've been statistically. Saquon Barkley might be back, which now Jones is the first game he's played with Barkley and Peterson now there. So this might be a little bit of a, of a, of a trap game if you're going to play Daniel Jones. I would actually caution against that. Uh, T.J. Hawkins, another tight end I like. Vikings, again, a deceptively good points allowed for the tight end so far since they've yet to allow a touchdown. But they have allowed the most targets, the second most receptions, and the fourth most yards to the tight end. So TDs are just a matter of time. Looks like a great chance for Hawkinson to be heavily used with the run game likely to suffer against that Minnesota front seven. And his heavy red zone usage for the Lions makes a good chance for the TD drought versus Minnesota to be broken. Yeah, don't be macking out my quarterback. That's my quarterback, <laughs> <laughs> said the Giants fan. Okay, tight ends I like this week. Mark Andrews, uh, I think he's going to score against the Seahawks. They're not very good against the tight end. And Andrews is the top uh, wide receiver, uh, top, uh, top receiving option there for the Ravens. And Hunter Henry came back to, like, uh, had no problem at all. Two scores last week. Yeah, the Titans struggle against the tight end. So if anyone's going to score in this game, it's going to be Hunter Henry. That's who I like. A couple of guys I'm worried about. Vernon Davis, concussion. Plus 49ers tough defense equal fantasy bench. That's all I got to say there. And Mike Jacecki, uh, yeah, he led the team in uh, receiving yards last week. Well, the Bills have yet to allow a tight end to score in 2019, so sit them. All right, a couple of tight ends you're not crazy about, and why, Chris? I don't like Chris Herndon. The Jets did activate him for this week, and they didn't have to, so apparently his hammy injuries healed up enough to let him play. But it's the Patriots. They've got a lot of league low 14 catches and zero tight end touchdowns so far, and under three points per game in the position. So, yeah, I don't, I don't see it. And then Eric Ebron, he's a very TD-dependent uh, tight end. He faces a team that's not allowed a TD to the tight end yet, and precious little catches also. I think this will be a game with running and a lot of Hilton. So Ebron's looks, again, are going to be limited, and the tight end's going to probably be blocking more in this game. So I, I don't see Eric Ebron as being worth a shot till he shows me something yet. Okay, how about your one-hit wonders at kicker and defense? I'll give you your giant that you're looking for, Aldrick Rosas. Uh, Arizona's allowed the most extra points, second-most field goals, and the second-most kicker points, so he's a good pickup. Another guy that's only about 20% owed, Big Adam Benateri. Houston allows lots of field goal attempts, and this should be a high-scoring game with lots of scoring chances for him. And as far as defenses go, I do like the Cardinals against your Giants uh, on the road. Jones is still a turnover-prone rookie. And, again, like I mentioned earlier, Patrick Peterson is back as a playmaker. Maybe that'll it'll do something, maybe on a, on a punt return. And then I like the Chargers going to Tennessee. It should be a low-scoring game. The Chargers play way better on the road since their home games are road games. And Tennessee has allowed 29 sacks and might have a new quarterback in there. So I like the Chargers this week. Okay, before we say goodbye, I have a question for you, Chris. Uh, a subscriber have asked me this, and I just wanted to get your opinion on this. Uh, due to a bye week situation where McCaffrey's not playing this week, this subscriber has to start one of the following to Eagle Eagle running backs, either Jordan Howard or Miles Sanders in a PPR format against the Dallas Cowboys. So what do you think? Who would you start, either Howard or Sanders? 
Um, I would probably go with Howard. I mean, clearly he has a lot more touchdown potential, and that's a lot of big points. Even in a PPR, that's worth obviously mm-hmm. six receptions or three catches for 30 yards. Um, and, you know, the kind of guys that, I mean, that have been beating up Dallas has been kind of just pounding the line sort of. So I, I kind of think if I had to pick one of those two, I would go with Howard, uh, regardless of the scoring format. Uh, PPR, it's a little bit closer, but I think I would probably go with Howard. He's probably got the bigger upside and maybe even the higher floor, too. Okay, I agree with you there. All right, thanks for joining us, everyone. For Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we preview week eight. Yep, it's midseason special time, I think. <laughs> we'll see. Good night, good, and good luck to everyone playing this week. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazarek, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time on Blog Talk Radio. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second.